Yes, Harden was playing on a bum hamstring. He couldn't even run a fast break. Kyrie went down. But look, the Bucks would have faltered under pressure in past years. And Hello and welcome to the Monday, July 5th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Hope you're all having a fantastic day and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. Before we start, I do have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other awesome content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, and subscribe. That would be highly, highly appreciated. And for my po- all my podcast listeners... Remember to subscribe or and leave a review if you're an Apple. And for Spotify, Anchor, or Podman listeners, just continue to show your support in any way possible. I really do appreciate it. I have an awesome show lineup for you guys today. I'm going to be talking everything NBA Finals. Actually, not everything, because I'm going to be talking about um, the Bucks game 6 win um, against the Hawks. So that's going to be thrown in here as well. But yeah. I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to be making my prediction. This is where I'm going to do, be doing all my preview stuff. It's just going to be an awesome episode, and I'm just excited to talk about the NBA Finals, man. Just super, super stoked. And yeah, there's going to be some changes for the um, recording of some of these podcasts. I mean, I'm going to... And turn, and what I mean by that is that um, for the Monday episodes, I'm going to be recording on Sunday afternoon So because of my, cause I just got a new job, so I'm going to have to work around that. So... If there's a game on Sunday night that I do not talk about on Monday, you'll understand why. And in terms of um, the Friday episode, if there is a game that's happening on um, Wednesday night, I'm gonna be trying and I'm gonna be um, recording that um, on Thursday. But if there is a, I, believe, I think a Tuesday, um, a Tuesday game, I'm gonna be recording that on the Wednesday. If you get what I mean, so I could try. And then, so I can post on the Thursday, so I can do a little preview. Hopefully, so it at least makes kind of sense when you're listening to it. So yeah, it's gonna be a slight change in schedule, but hopefully you guys understand. I'm gonna try to work around this, but I'm still gonna be trying to watch some NBA basketball. But yeah, without out the way, let's get right into this because there is a lot, and I mean a lot, to talk about um, in this episode. And we're obviously gonna start off with the final um, conference final series, the Bucks advanced it. Um, to the NBA Finals by defeating the Atlanta Hawks um, 4-2, winning in Game 6, 116 to, sorry, 118 to 107. Really, the story of this game is that the Hawks needed everything um, that they had, and that meant bringing Trey Young back from injury early. And you could tell when he was in that game, he just was not right. Um, and the stats back it up. Um, 14 points, 9 assists. Um, four for 17 shooting. This was just not his night. He just wasn't explosive. He wasn't even really the primary ball handler at times. So you could tell that he was struggling coming back. But luckily for them, they they stay in this game because of awesome contributions from Cam Reddish, who had 21 points in this one, their leading scorer, including six threes. So he really kept him in that game. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich had another gate um, had another good game as well, 20 points, seven for 12 shooting. But sadly, with the Trey Young struggles. And just not enough contributions from the other guys. It was going to be really tough for them to defeat this Miami Bucks, this Miami, this Milwaukee Bucks team, when you have Chris Middleton going off for 32 points in this game, including 23 in that third quarter. He was fantastic, and Drew Holiday just having a steady, steady game, 
he started off really hot, but then he just kind of, you know, kept the ball rolling throughout the um, throughout the game. 27 points in this one, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. And then just great contributions from all over the place. 13 from Brooke Lopez, 12 from Bobby Portis, 13 off the bench for Jeff uh, for Pat Connaughton. Even Jeff Teague, who played 12 minutes in this game, produced 11 points. I mean, they just got contributions from everyone. And another, another um, impressive victory for a Bucks team who did this without Giannis again. They did this without Giannis. I mean, there were reports before the game that if he doesn't play Game 6 and um, it does go to a Game 7, Giannis, there's a good chance that he might try to play. But luckily for him, he doesn't have to do that. And he gets a, a couple of few days rest. And the... Um, but the Bucks were able to get the wins, and I mean, good for them, um, very much good for them, especially without Giannis. I know Trey was hobbled, I know he was struggling, but he was still a threat, and the Bucks did a really good job trying to contain him. The fourth quarter was kind of iffy, especially because they had a big, big lead, but the Hawks went on a mini run to kind of, you know, put a little scare into the Bucks. But the Bucks sounded it well, and they were able to um, to get the win. So congratulations to them. But I do want to talk about the Atlanta Hawks because I want to give them all the credit in the world for this amazing season that they had. And I know Trae Young had a bad game, but there's not going to be any slander for from me to him because he played his heart out um, throughout this entire series. And you could tell that he wanted to try to help the team as much as possible, but his foot just let him down and his foot was not right. And that's just what happens. That's the game of basketball. Injuries happen and unfortunately, Trey was just a victim of that. But um, besides that, making it to the conference finals after their crazy start with Lloyd Pierce going 14-20, and 20, firing him, and then Nate McMillan takes over and completely turns his team around, not only closing out the regular season on a very, very high note, but this playoff run. And mostly because, you know, this is the type of, um, if you look at the remaining teams in the playoffs, you can look at each of those teams like, okay, this um, team beat this injury-riddled opponent, this team beat this injury-riddled opponent. When you look at the Hawks, they really didn't have to go through that. They went against the Knicks, and sure, they were missing Julius Randle, not Julius Randle, um, Mitchell Robinson, but they still had Julius Randle. They still had R.J. Barrett. They still had their core group of guys, and they were able to get the win. Going up against the 76ers, the only main guy they were missing was Danny Green, and I know Embiid had his injury struggles, but they beat them, and no one expected them to take down that 76er team, but they did. And yeah, it just it's just a, a crazy, crazy season, crazy, crazy playoff run, and you have to give them all the props in the world for that. Yes, they were a bottom ten defense, but they improved it throughout the season. They got Trey Young going, and what's weird about this, like we talk about how great Trey Young is, how great his playoff run is, but he didn't even make an All Star team, which is crazy. But that was the narrative at the time. But you have to give all the credit in the world to this Atlanta Hawks team. They not only did they did good by their fans and kind of accelerated this rebuild, they are the blueprint for what other rebuilding teams should do. We've seen what the Timberwolves have done and are they've been stuck in the gutter for how many years? Same thing with the Kings. Um, another example of this. Same thing with the Hornets. Like before they got Lamelo, they've just been stuck in this gutter and they just didn't know how to like rebuild their team the right way. Yes, there's a lot of luck that comes into it. I mean, they the Hawks got John Collins. They, they got some good players, including Kevin um, Herter. Um, they also got um, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. They got lucky in the draft, let's, um, which is good. 
but they were able to make the moves in the offseason, bringing in Bogdan Bogdanovich, Gallinari making the trade for Clint Capella, and they build a roster to try and get these young guys because they have enough young guys. They just need them to get some playoff experience. And in this uh, playoff run, they got that and more. So whatever they're doing this rebuild, congratulations to them. They played their heart out. They deserve all the praise in the world. And their young guys just took a step forward. I mean, Trey Young, we have to mention him in that upper echelon of point guards now. It's going to be like he's in the top six, wherever you want to put him, five, six, maybe even four. He's up there. Then with a healthy Cam Reddish next year, um, with a healthy DeAndre Hunter hopefully next year, the sky is the limit for this team. And as long as they develop together, they keep that core, they learn how to play with each other, I see nothing but good um, things for this team going forward. The only thing you have to really look out for is what's going to happen with John Collins now because he is a restricted free agent. He um, declined a four-year $90 million deal, and now he's awaiting the next offer. And I think what he did really good in this playoffs is not not really establish himself as an offensive force, but prove to the Hawks that he is a a potential great two-way player, showing his effort on the defensive end, on the rebounding side, on the offensive end. He could do a bit of everything, and I think... Um, with his relationship with Trey at the moment, I think they want to keep him around. The details of the contract, I'm not sure, but I'd be very surprised to see um, the Hawks um, not retain John Collins in any way. So, you know, good for him, um, good for this team, good for Trey. Lots of lots to build off of this, and I just can't wait to see what they do next year. I mean, sadly, it came to an end here, but this is better than anyone expected. Very, very proud of the um, of the Atlanta Hawks. But the thing is, they went up against this Milwaukee Bucks team who has had the experience, has has been through what the Hawks have been through, the struggle times, trying to develop Giannis, trying to develop Chris Milton. And now they're at that point. And, you know, the Hawks, maybe in a couple of years, to get to that point too. But this was a really, really good run from them. Before we talk about the um, NBA Finals, I do have to give out my series awards for this series. And we're going to start off with the MVP award. I would give it to Giannis, but he missed the final few games of the series. And so I decided to give it to Chris Milton. 24 points a game, 8 rebounds, 6 and a half assists. He had a couple of stinkers in there, but when the team needed him the most, especially in these last two games, he played excellent. He's the one, especially in, um, in game game 6, 23 points in that third quarter. Massive, absolutely massive. If you look to the Game 3 win for the Milwaukee Bucks, he had um, 20 points in the fourth quarter. Another massive game. I mean, they just got some good contributions from him. They knew who to go to late in games, and he provided. So, Chris Milton, MVP of the series, I think that is really up, um, no debate there. Best bench player, I do want to shout out Cam Reddish, who came back midway through the series and was actually a factor. But he didn't really play the whole series, didn't put up the greatest stats. So I decided to give it to Danilo Gallinari, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Just solid, I mean, he does take a really long time to get his game going. But yeah, he provides some good offensive moments for them, so Danilo Gallinari, best bench player. Most disappointing, I gotta give it to Kevin Herter. 10 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, went on 26% from 3, 34% from the field. He just struggled the series, and... You know, he had he had a couple of good games as a starter in the 76er series, 
really couldn't get it going here in the Milwaukee Bucks series. And especially in that game six, oh man, he was struggling bad. And that's when they turned to um, Cam Reddish to kind of close out the game. So yeah, he kind of struggled in this one. I'm not going to you know put too much blame on him, but yeah, he, he definitely did struggle. And I know I don't do the most disappointing and the Jerry Rest Award in the same series awards, but I'm going to do it here. Again, shout out to Trey Young. 28 points, 6 assists in the in the four games he played in this playoffs. He he just didn't look right in that final game. He just didn't. He tried his best. He tried to fight through it, but an injury is an injury, man, and a bone bruise is no joke. So, yeah, Trey Young, 28 and 6, including that 48-point game in Game 1. He definitely showed out in that series. And then if I have to pick my favorite moment, the Trey Young shimmy, that was just absolutely fantastic. When he crossed over Drew Holiday, Bobby Porter was like, wait, do I step up? Do I not? And Trey did his little shimmy, shoulder shrug, whatever you want to call it. And he and he banged a three. You know, he was, he was a star in the series. He proved that he was a star throughout this playoffs. And man, I can't wait to see him back on the court next year, man. Because he showed a lot to me and I hope that he can continue to develop his game going forward. So yeah, those are my series awards. Let me know down below if you guys agree. If you disagree, let me know below. But yeah, let's talk about the NBA Finals. But before I make my prediction, I want to take a look back at the seasons of these two um, finalists. We're going to be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to be talking about the Suns. And kind of talked about their road to the NBA Finals. I mean... You see these, um, you see these type of um, pack, um, packages, these video type of packages in the WWE, like the road to WrestleMania and stuff like that. Well, I'm kind of, kind of go through that for each of these teams. Not really a video package, but just kind of talking about the road that they got here. And we got to start with the Milwaukee Bucks, man. Just to um, pick off from the series. I mean, they finished third in the East this year. They weren't as um, dominant in the regular season as they have been in years past. 46 and 26 and this all really started back in the offseason when um, Milwaukee was known as one of the deepest teams in basketball but they knew that um, late into the season that depth doesn't really matter as much and they really need to improve the the top end of their team and they did that by trading away Eric Bledsoe who was a longtime starter for them and along with other players into a trade a bunch of first round picks and they brought in one of the best defensive guards in basketball, Drew Holiday. Because not only is Drew Holiday one of the best defensive guards in the, in the game, he's shown that he's a playoff performer. It's, and we and we could just point to that Portland Trailblazer series a couple years ago when they when the Pelicans swept them. So the Bucks bring in Drew Holiday. Um, they expect a lot of change, maybe not in the regular season, but they did this um, trade hoping for better play, playoff results. And if you've been listening to this um, um, to this podcast for a while, you know my gripes with Eric Bledsoe. I know that he is not a great playoff performer. So seeing him get traded for a more sturdy hand, a more reliable player in Drew Holiday, was great. Because not only did they trade for him, they signed him to a five-year maximum deal um, for him to stay with the Bucks. And with that trade, not only did they secure the signature of Drew Holiday, but they secured the signature of their top guy, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was projected to be one of the top free agents of this um, upcoming offseason. He was off the board. He signed a super max deal with the Bucks, and everything was looking pretty good in Milwaukee. They had the direction going forward. They had their top guy. They were ready to make a championship run. And look, another MVP-type season for Giannis. Um, he, 
another like 29 12 and um six type season but you know wasn't the mvp discussions because one his record was a bit lower than usual and voter fatigue i mean Giannis was still as dominant as ever but um voters wanted to vote for someone else let's be completely honest and look they like i said they performed worse in the regular season but the moves that they made in this um in this um, offseason including this season was meant for a deep deep playoff run because not only did they pick up drew holiday they also brought in pj tucker to help shore up their front line he made some key defensive plays throughout this playoff run and stuff like that and man he he did he did a lot of good things because um he was put on like some of the best players on the other teams and although he was like although he kind of struggled on durant he still really did his best and he gave that bucks the edge that they were looking for they got out of other players. They also had. They also brought in Brent Forbes. They brought in Bobby Portis. They really want to um, help out their top end of the team, and that showed a lot in this playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, they. Some people want to call it a Mickey Mouse run. We're not going to talk about that here, because they, because they went on a crazy, crazy run. First round, defeat the Wizards in in five. It was um, business as you. Um, sorry, not the Wizards. They beat them. They swept the Miami Heat. They um, exercised those demons after um, that horrible, horrible thing that happened last year when they lost to five to Miami. They broke those demons, and you just knew from that point um, on that this is a different Bucks team. They had a different type of swagger to them, and beating the defending Eastern Conference champs the way they did in a dominant fashion was just a great way to start off the playoffs. And Giannis was great. Chris Milton had that game winner. You knew the Bucks were were want to go um, deep into the playoffs, and that was just a fantastic, fantastic start. Then we move on to the second round. They start off very slow against the Brooklyn Nets, going down 0-2. But man, a lot of people do want to talk about the injuries, and I'm not gonna deny the fact that the Bucks did get a little rec- get did get a little lucky, especially in this series, because Kyrie Irving went down, um, Harden um, was not 100% in the series, so they had an advantage over the Brooklyn Nets. And in years past, they really couldn't handle that pressure. When they saw a star player like ahead of them, they really couldn't, you know, adjust to the one-on-one matchup. They couldn't beat teams in this scenario. But they showed a lot of character. And in one of the, and in Game Seven, they showed it the best because it was a down-to-the-wire game. It was one of the best games of the playoffs. Giannis played amazing in that game. Um, they got some really good contributions late from Drew Holiday and, um, and Chris Milton. But what impressed me the most about that Game 7 victory was that um, when it was late in that game, they locked up KD, they did his best um, to really um, make it hard for him, and then they just made the right plays in overtime. The hook shot from Giannis, the post fadeaway from Chris Milton. The Bucks teams of the past couldn't do that, and that's because they didn't have a Drew Holiday to help relieve um, handling duties from Giannis. They didn't have those type of players, and... It's different this year. It was definitely different. And look, Drew hasn't had the most uh, impressive playoff run, um, but you could just tell when he's on the court, it's just a completely different feel for this Bucks team, and it really showed in that game. So in that series, they took down the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, Harden was playing on a bum hamstring. He couldn't even run a fast break. Curry went down. But look, the Bucks would have faltered under pressure in past years, and... If you remember my podcast episodes from beforehand, I was criticizing a lot of Mike Budenholzer here. But they were able to play through it. Giannis looked amazing. 
He played like a superstar, and they were able to take down the almighty Brooklyn Nets. Then, of course, this conference finals. They take on the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I'm not going to go too long into this because I did talk about the series and stuff earlier. But the Hawks played them tight. The Hawks had a really, really good playoff run. Um, even when Giannis went down um, in Game 4, the Bucks responded very well in Games 5 and Game 6 without their star player. Yes, Trey Young wasn't there on the other side, but Chris Milton stepped up when they needed him to. Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Connaughton, Drew Holiday. I can go on and on. Those guys just stepped up when they needed him to, and they closed out the series without their star player, which was something that... You had like you had doubts about in the in the past um, for this Milwaukee Bucks team, especially in the postseason. But they're a different team. They knew what goal they had in front of them, and they reached it. They made it to the NBA Finals. They did their thing. The first finals appearance, their first finals appearance since 1974, when they lost to the Boston Celtics in the um, in the finals. But yeah, congratulations to them. Um, they had one goal this entire season. They met that goal. Actually, no. They're only one step away from that goal now. They won a championship. Um, is it going to be hard without um, with injured Giannis? Yes. But they made it here. And I know the type of goal that they have in mind. Their eyes are on the prize. Can, can they pull it off? We're going to get into that later. And like I said, well-deserved. I talked about it in my last episode, but this Mickey Mouse ring talk, we're not talking about it here. They proved that um, they were ready for prime time, and they showed up. Congratulations to, my, to the Milwaukee Bucks for making it this far. Now let's move on to the Phoenix Suns, man. And there's just a lot more to talk about this team. Because this doesn't even start in the offseason for them. This started back in the NBA bubble. Yes, it feels like an eternity ago. But the last year, um, August, September, the Phoenix Suns um, were invited to the bubble. People are like, why are they even inviting the Phoenix Suns? Just why? But they showed out. 8-0 in the bubble. And they still missed the play-in tournament, which was heartbreaking because everyone fell in love with that team during the bubble. Everyone's like, justice for the Suns and all that. They should have made it, but they didn't. And you could tell by like the the way that the, the Suns um, players from that year talked about the bubble. They're like, that is such a huge key for us in our confidence. And they just knew that they can just progress forward and even take that next step. And management saw that too, so that's where they pulled off the trade to get Chris Paul. Um, and a lot of people, like when Chris Paul moved to that team, were like, well, Chris Paul's wasting another year. He's not going to make the finals. Everyone wanted to see him make the finals, but they didn't think they could do it, um, that um, he could have done it with the Suns. Including myself, who projected them to be in the eighth seed in the West, a bottom half playoff team. But they surpassed all expectations, becoming a top 10 defense, a top 10 offense. And they attained the number two seed with their coach, Monty Williams. Um, with their coach, Monty Williams, um, coming as a runner-up for coach of the year. Booker, another great season, made another all-star team, although as a replacement. Chris Paul was even in discussions for MVP. Now I think people went a little bit too far with that, but you could tell that how much of an impact he has done. And people realized the Chris Paul impact was real and that this team was for real. And after missing the, the playoffs for the last 11 years, they made it as the number two seed. And But man, they had a, a hard um, task up ahead because their first series in the playoffs, they had to go up against the Los Angeles Lakers. And look, again, I, I'm not going to talk too much about this Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse stuff, but 
yes, the Suns did get lucky in some places. But for a team that didn't make it for the last 11 years, they deserve to be here. They showed a lot of maturity in this playoffs. And they did so even with the, with their own problems. Because in the first round series, Chris Paul injured his shoulder in game one. And, you, and everyone just had that feeling like, oh, man, this Suns team. I mean, it's just another type of um, CP3 season. He gets injured and his team gets eliminated early. It, it, it felt like it was going that direction. But Anthony Davis wasn't 100%. LeBron wasn't 100%. And like I said, the Suns showed maturity. They showed poise. And even with Chris Paul and his bum shoulders, they were able to pick up the series win, went beating the defending champion Lakers in six. Again, no Anthony Davis for a couple games. He also left um, Game Six um, with like um, in the first quarter, so it was a rough um, time for the Lakers. But kudos to the Suns. They went up against the defending champs. They went up against LeBron James. I don't care if he's at eighty percent, ninety percent. He just wasn't like they were able to take him down. So kudos to the Suns for that, especially with um, CP3 and the type of problems he was facing with his shoulders. But somehow, some way, like I said, you know, CP3 had mag- had this like healing potion, this magical healing potion, because he played like an absolute stud um, in the second round as the Suns swept the Denver Nuggets and the MVP Nikola Jokic. But again, another thing to note: no Jamal Murray in this one. But still, facing up against the Finals MVP. And seeing how well the Nuggets um, took down the um, Trailblazers, I thought it was going to be a tough series, but this Suns team completely proved me wrong. CP3, 25-11 in the series. Chris Paul, great. DeAndre Aiden, I didn't even talk about DeAndre Aiden yet. He held his own against the Lakers and Anthony Davis. And again, did the same thing here with Nicole Jokic and actually gave him a lot of trouble in the series. DeAndre Aiden has been great all playoffs long and... These two series was just the start of what we have seen with DeAndre Aiden. Because people thought, a lot of people thought he was going to take that huge jump offensively. We haven't seen that yet, but man, he improved on the defensive end. Um, It's accepted his role, and he talked about, like I said in the past, he says that Chris Paul was the best thing to have in his career. And man, he has improved a lot, especially in these playoffs. But yeah, um, no Jamal Murray for the Denver Nuggets, but the Suns just... um, Made sure, um, made sure to, to give the, net, the Nuggets a message that they didn't have a chance. They swept them. Chris Paul, big-time performances here. Um, Devin Booker, campaign was pretty good. And, man, this whole Suns team, you knew that they were for real um, when, they, when they swept the finals MVP. So, good again. Second-round series, done. And then this Clippers series. No CB3 for the first two games because of a because of COVID nineteen, he um was diagnosed with the um, with um the um Delta V, <clears throat> sorry with the Delta variant, and look they still beat the Clippers again, no Kawhi Leonard, but they looked composed, <clears throat> and Monty Williams just coached up an excellent game plan to win Game One, and then win Game Two on that amazing DeAndre Aiden alley oop, but um that alley oop in Game Two, man. They came to play, and look, the Clippers made it really hard for them. Um, Pat Bev was getting underneath Devin Booker's skin. The Clippers were just making it really hard for them on the offensive end. Even when Chris Paul came back, he just didn't look right, and the Clippers looked like they they could make the series and potentially go to the finals, especially after um, um, turning it to 3-2. 
um, the, this Clippers team just fought hard all playoffs long, so you're like, maybe there's a chance. But again, when they're, when people start doubting the Suns and they know that they need to get to take care of business, they did it once again. Game six, absolutely beating the heck out of these LA Clippers, out of this LA Clippers team, making sure that they knew that they didn't have a chance, and they put on an amazing performance, including Chris Paul's 41 points. It was just absolutely phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, Devin Booker had a 40-point performance in this one. DeAndre Aiden was just a solid rock. I mean, I, I gave him my series MVP here. He was just great on both sides of the floor, um, on the on the glass. And just being that guy, to when they need an inside bucket, they just um, threw up a lob to him, and he kind of saved him in those like really tough games, especially that 80-84 to 84 game. DeAndre Aiden was just massive. And they got contributions from Campaign, who had a 29-point game. Cam Johnson came in and averaged over 10 points. Overage over 10 points. Lots and lots of guys, and man, they made it. They made it to the finals. First time since 1993 when the Suns went up against um, MJ's Bulls. They lost here. They haven't won an NBA championship in their franchise history yet, but they made it. And that means Chris Paul's first NBA finals. I'm extremely, extremely proud of this team. And just impressed by how mature these young this young team looks, and just the different guys that can come and contribute to this team, very very impressive. Good for the Phoenix Suns. They highly much they very much deserve to be in this position. But now, now, let's go into the matchup. We have the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Phoenix Suns. Let's get into it. Let's preview this series. And for the Bucks, let's start with them. Will Giannis play? If so, how healthy is going to be? Because the Bucks supporting cast stepped up um, against the Atlanta Hawks again without um, with Trey Young's injury and, and all, but the Bucks played great. Their supporting cast played great, but now they're facing a rested Suns team. They are a healthy Suns team, and they and the thing about this Milwaukee Bucks team is that they have guys to defend the Suns. They have length. They have the guard um, defense, but we've seen in the past with um, guys such as um, Goran Dragic, with guys such as um, Kyle Lowry, that these type of like shifty small guards absolutely killed the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Suns have one of the best shifty guards in the league in Chris Paul. So, although the Bucks have the length, although they have, you know, a lot of talent, even besides Giannis, with Chris Milton, Drew um, Holiday, and the many others. Can they keep up with the Phoenix Suns in the offensive end, and can they slow down their fast attack? Because they have a lot of fast guys. They have um, they can score from the inside and the out. Can they handle them? Can they? Um, and another thing to look out for the Milwaukee Bucks is the Suns have shown that they are a very good clutch uh, um, team in the clutch. Can Mike Boonholzer create a game plan to help um, counteract that? Can he make the right coaching adjustments for them to do well in the clutch? I myself am doubtful, but we're going to have to wait and see. Because Chris, because um, um, Coach Bud makes adjustments, but he does it so slow. I don't know if he can be able to make those adjustments quickly, especially against a Phoenix Suns team who is willing to try out different things. But again, this Bucks team starts and ends with Giannis. Giannis played fantastic all playoffs long. That hyperextended leg um, looked really, really bad, but he was he was doubtful for these last two games against the Hawks, and 
Um, there are reports, like I said earlier, that he could have possibly played in Game 7. So he is able to play. He is 100% able to play. But how healthy is he going to be? Is um, is he going to be limited in his minutes and stuff like that? We're going to have to wait and see. But a lot of this series like falls on whether Giannis can be healthy or not. I don't know. Can Chris Milton is going to have to play huge in this series. Drew Holiday is going to have to give them a lot. And they're going to have to play extremely well on the defensive end because this Suns team, um, they've shown that they can handle, um, they can win games tough. They can win games um, high scoring. Now can the Bucks catch up, especially without Giannis? We don't know. But as for the Suns, again, this is a very, very young team. The Bucks have the experience here. And just to counteract with this, I mean, I said that the um, the Bucks have trouble with shifty guard and stuff, but the Suns haven't faced a team like the Milwaukee Bucks where they just have a bunch of length and size on the inside. I mean, DeAndre Aiden is their main inside presence. But outside of him, what do they have? I mean, Cam Johnson's pretty big, but he doesn't play like the big man role. Dario Saric, I mean, can he really handle it down there with a Brook Lopez, Giannis, Bobby Portis? I don't think so. I think that's going to be a really, really tough um, thing for the Suns to um, defend against because, look, they are a good defensive team, but the Bucks have a bunch of size, and I don't think, and it's going to be extremely hard for the Suns who play a lot of small ball to um who play a lot of small guys to really like counteract that size they're gonna have to play quick they're gonna have to um make quick passes make sure that the bucks rotate they're gonna have to make the bucks move and um the suns they've been shown they could do that but it's gonna be extremely tough especially with the length of chris Milton in the passing lanes drew holiday harassing either devin booker or chris paul all night long there's a lot of things to look at but I talk about that on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, if Giannis plays, who is the Suns going to put on him? They can't put DeAndre Aiden on him because he has to deal with the inside. He needs to protect the inside. Who are they going to put on him? Mikhail Bridges? He's just going to get bar- he's going to get cooked up by Giannis. Cam Johnson, not a great defender. Chris Paul, I mean, he can def- play defense all he wants. He's not stopping like near seven foot Giannis. I mean, it's going to be extremely tough, and that matchup is going to be something to really look out for. How are the Suns are going to defend Giannis? Um, we've seen the wall work before, but um, the Bucks team is now hitting shots, so I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be able to do it, but it's going to be um, something to look at. Also, another thing I want to look out here for the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker looked really flustered against Patrick Beverly a lot in that um, in the Clipper series. Um, but um, Book got really frustrated. He um, got some technical fouls. I think there's going to be a, um, not maybe as much aggression, but it's not going to get much easier because he's he's probably going to get uh, mainly defended by Drew Holiday, which is going to be extremely extremely tough because again, one of the best guard defenders in the basketball. So Book has to keep his cool. He needs to play composed, and he needs to find ways to work off ball and try and get his points that way because he's not going to break down um, Drew Holiday like that. He's just not. But like I but like I said for the Bucks. Um, how how they can't um, handle shifty guards. Chris Paul needs to play great. He needs to play absolutely fantastic in this series. He needs to get into that mid-range area. He needs to take advantage of um, the backing up defenders of of um, of the Milwaukee Bucks. He needs to feast in the mid-range area, and he has to just do well setting up others. And it's going to be tough because the Clippers played small so much that they could just get a bunch of lobs to DeAndre Aiden. 
now when you're um, trying to throw lobs over um, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, it's going to be a lot tougher. But Aiden still has to play great as well. He needs to be a factor on both ends. He needs to fight hard on the defensive, on the rebounding front. A, a lot of these Suns guys just have to step up because the Bucks are going to focus on these star guys. And although the other guys around uh, in the Suns are young um, and stuff like that, except for maybe um, Jay Crowder and Dario Saric, they're going to need to step up. And they've shown it throughout this play if they can. But can they do it in, under the brightest lights? I don't know. I think that's going to be something to look out for. So, yeah, the Bucks is the is Giannis going to get healthy? Because I think that's going to be a huge part of this. And, and if you're the Suns, I mean, this is a completely different opponent you're facing. And the traveling is different and stuff like that, especially going from east to west. And this is the biggest um, series in Chris Paul's career, everyone's career. Because apparently I looked at the stat that the only guy who um, has been to the finals out of, out of both these teams is Jay Crowder. And I find that really interesting, but... Two guys, uh, two teams who have um, who a majority of the guys didn't make the finals. It's gonna be really fun to see. It's gonna be really fun to see a completely different matchup. I promise you, if if someone told you that they predicted this finals before the season, I would tell you that they're lying. But we have this finals here: Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns. It's gonna be extremely fun to watch. Two contrasting styles. Both teams can score and defend. Great matchups on the inside, on the perimeter. At so many different positions. This is going to be such a fun series. And I'm super, super hype. But who is going to win this series? And if I had to make an official prediction. An official prediction. I'm going to say. And I'm going to make it very clear. Suns in 7. Yes, I think this is going to be a long series. Giannis, I think, should be. Um, if not game 1, I think he should be bad game 2. Um, this Bucks team is deep. This Suns team is gonna have tr- um, is gonna have to find out some um, some clever ways to score on this Bucks team, and I think this is gonna be a really really good series because I don't really like to talk about regular season series, but if you look back to the regular season series, um, the Bucks sorry the Suns the Suns um, swept the series two to zero, but they won by a combined two points. So both games were one point victories. So it's just going to be a really, really fun matchup. I'm super excited. Hopefully Giannis um, is back healthy very soon. But my official prediction for this series is the Phoenix Suns. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I hit the mic. But the Phoenix Suns winning this series in seven games. They're going to win at home. They're going to be faced under the bright lights. They're going to have the, the Valley Boys cheering them on. It's going to be absolutely insane, but I have the Suns winning in seven. Uh, I mean, if I I wouldn't mind with any of these teams winning. I mean, I, I, seeing Giannis win a title would be really, really cool. But CP3, man, this is his best chance. He's finally made it. Can he complete? Can he complete that? Can he improve his legacy even more by winning this championship? Can he get that Finals MVP? We're gonna have to wait and see. But I have the Suns winning the series, and man, this is gonna be a very, very fun series to watch. I just cannot wait. But yeah, that's my prediction. Let me know down below what your guys' prediction is. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree? Do you have the Bucks winning? Because I can see a lot of people choosing them. But I got um, Suns in seven. But I think this is going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for some great content. 
Um, I'm going to be back on either. Th- I think I'm going to try to release the next episode on Thursday so I can do a good preview on game two as well because the NBA final starts on um, Tuesday. So a little bit of a different schedule, like I said, um, at the top of the show. But I'm going to try to like kind of switch it up for the finals. But yeah, um, I'm going to hopefully have a guest um, on for the Thursday episode. Um, maybe a returning one, maybe a new one. We're going to have to wait and see. But yeah, I'm just excited for this NBA Finals. Two completely new teams. I just cannot wait to see them battle it out. And again, thank you guys for all the support. Hope you all have a fantastic day. Take it easy, guys. TV signing out. Peace.